From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Megan, a Twitch streamer and one of the founding members of The Transvengers. Megan, let's get into your story. How do you identify? Uh, female, she, her. I've kind of ditched the whole trans identity, uh, at least in my day-to-day -day life. But obviously if it comes up or if it's relevant, I usually bring that up. When you say you've ditched it, what's kind of the motivation behind that? Is it just something that you feel you've moved past and don't really want to define anymore? Or is there something about that that, that doesn't sit well with you anymore? It's more just uh, the, the first thing where I, I kind of went through my transition. I'm at a point now where I don't want it to define me. Mm -hmm. I want to be defined by, by me personally. I felt really guilty at first about dropping it because I, I remember myself in the very early stages for me. There was a few of the people I used to follow that uh, had also dropped it and I was it was kind of a bummer. But for me, I just kind of hit a point where I just wanted to live my life and not not be identified yeah. by my uh, gender identity. How did you choose your name? Oh, this is a good one. So in my family, I have a bunch of siblings. I have, I think, three brothers or <laughs> three brothers. But basically, it's uh, so all the boys are like C's and K's for their name. Mm -hmm. And then I have one little sister uh, named Miranda with an M. So when I was looking for a name, I couldn't find anything that really fit me. And one of the names that stood out uh, early on was Megan, but I didn't really want to go too far from my original name, which was a C and K mm -hmm. type of name. But then when I thought about it, I figured I'd kind of go along with my family thing there. And I went, I went with Megan because Megan, Miranda, now the girls are the M's. Yeah, that's cute. Did you yeah. do anything like try it out for a while or did you try out any other names for a I did actually. Uh, I have no problem talking about this. I always say this to anybody who asks. Never ask a trans person their, their old name. I have no problem talking about mine. My old name was Kyle. So the logical step, I guess, would have been Kylie. So I had some friends uh, try and call me that in the earlier days. But it was right around my six month mark, I, I, I want to say, where I actually, I guess it was almost three years ago now <laughs> that I uh, I kind of decided Megan tried it for a little bit and then it, it really it felt right. I find that when we identify as trans later on, we can go back and we can see like the breadcrumbs that were there, uh, that we were different and that this was where we were headed. What are some of the fun ones for you that you look back and remember and go, oh, yeah, now I get why that was the thing? Yeah, it, it's it was more other people brought it up to me afterwards. I always got along more with the girls and I never really kind of clicked with the guys. But probably the biggest one looking back was I always say I was like 12. I, every time I'm young, it's like, oh, I was 12. I, I don't know what <laughs> age I was, but we went out for Halloween, my brother and I dressed as girls. And I remember just feeling just so right with it. And I couldn't really describe it. And that was probably the first big moment uh, that I remember. When did you realize that you were trans? Uh, so I didn't know what trans really meant until uh, right after high school. I was like 19 or 20. And I think it was Reddit the first time I saw like a trans person or anything because I thought trans people were cross-dressers and I didn't realize there was a difference. But for me, like I didn't feel like that didn't feel like me. And then the first time I kind of realized what trans was and, and what it meant and that some people can just kind of be trans and live a normal life. That was pretty much when I, I first found out about that. 
and then I, I suppressed it for like five years or so because I had my son right around the times I was I was really thinking about that. Okay. And it wasn't until I was 25 where that five years between finding out and accepting, I, I just became more and more depressed and I just got to a really low point and eventually it, uh, it kind of came to a head mm -hmm. and that's when I, I decided. What were the, some of the things that you struggled against when you kind of came to that realization, but then had this other, these other aspects of your life that were pushing back against that? After that happened, I, I was pretty active on Reddit, not active. I was, uh, silently active on Reddit. And I heard all these horror stories and all these just really bad experiences. And it just felt like every single person who was trying, because the people that post about it on, on Reddit, for the most part, at least the channels I was on back then, it was always negative things. And I just didn't think there was anything positive to come out of transitioning. Oh. And I just felt like if I, if I did come out, I would lose my family, my friends. I'd have no one. I'd be an outcast. Uh, no one would ever um, like me. That was probably the biggest uh, hurdle, I guess. So once you fully accepted it, who did you come out to first? I had a friend from high school who was a really good friend, but she had a trans uncle. It was, it was really cool and they were super accepting and I thought that was really awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a saying uh, in general, when I, any, whenever anybody comes to me about potentially coming out or anything, it's just build your army. Go to the people that you are fairly certain will accept you first and then just keep growing that army until you're ready to come out. Uh, so for me, that was kind of my mentality going into it. And this person having a trans uncle, I, was, I felt like that door was kind of open. How did you come out in the various aspects of your life? You know, with the family, friends and work, what were some of the ways that you came out? So for me personally, I, I felt it was something I needed to talk to each person individually for. So I, I basically had reached out to people, everybody in my family and friends just saying, hey, listen, like I need to talk to you about something. It's kind of life changing. It was a hard conversation, but I had that conversation. And then I had a letter that I had. Uh, it was some information I found online and stuff I typed up as well. Uh, just like it was basically a sheet of paper or I guess two sheets that kind of explained what it meant to be trans because I know myself I didn't know what it meant so I figured everyone around me didn't know what it meant either so I just basically had that paper I went over it I'm like hey listen like I'm gonna talk I want you to process this and then I gave him that sheet of paper I'm like if you need to talk we can talk more you can ask questions but read up on this and just and let me know if you have any questions I'm here to answer it I fully accept however you choose to handle this um, prepared for that. And that's pretty much how I handled it with everyone. And then what was the level of acceptance that you ran into in the various areas? Were there any that were Honestly, particularly harder than others? Uh, a few. A few that were more surprising, I would say. Hmm. Um, I, I had a strong relationship with my mom growing up, or I have one still currently. Spoilers. Um, but <laughs> I thought she would be easier to talk to than uh, some other people. And she ended up being the hardest. Uh, it was just, uh, weeks. We even went to therapy for a, a very short amount of time. Uh, it was a long time before she, uh, she finally accepted it. And how did your acceptance go at work? Were you already working at where you are now? Yes. I've actually been there for almost 10 years. Oh. Um, so I had a transition during that whole period as I was a store manager at the time. 
it was surprising. It was better than I thought. I thought I would lose my job because uh, uh, being a manager of a retail shop, I have to deal with the public. And then the owner, if the owner wasn't, didn't feel comfortable with that, thought it would affect sales or something, I was fully expect, expecting to lose my job. But the owner was really accepting, was really patient with me. Uh, and then we also had a team meeting uh, where I kind of did the same thing. I was pretty close to my team at the time, so that really helped. I came out to everybody pretty early but I was socially transitioning slowly throughout the course of my first year. So it was surprisingly easy oh, for me. So I was, I was grateful for that. And I know you've risen at your company. Have, have you been able to kind of affect policy there as far as trans or LGBT people or? Honestly, I've not needed to. Okay. Um, I, I've been really fortunate that my last franchisee I worked for and my current franchisee I work for now, they're very against any kind of discrimination, uh, even before I'd come out. So it, it really, I was really fortunate in that, that regard. In your local community, what's the level of support that you have there or conflict? I really haven't had much. I think most, most people around me don't speak up. If, if there's something okay. uh, like like strangers and all, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's just the persona I give off. I'm a pretty friendly person. So uh, if anything, I've noticed stairs, like I, I can feel stairs behind my head type of thing. But I have a bar across the street from my house I've been going to for years. And I kind of, I knew the bartenders there and I kind of slowly transitioned there. It We never really talked about it or anything, but it was just, they were super accepting. And it was really great. Even the, the people at the bar were just super nice. So I was I was extremely fortunate. Did you, great. you sort of, you sort of kind of mentioned a couple people, but did you have anybody particularly that stands out that accepted you in a way that you weren't expecting? Yes, actually. So kind of on the flip side of my mom, my dad, we were, I'm really close with my family in general, but my dad and I, we used to work together. He, he owns a business and I used to work for him like every summer. And just in general, we always had a really, really good relationship and he's not very with the times he's, he's, uh, <laughs> He, he goes to the bar every day. He drinks with his friends. Um, he's he's not somebody I would have expected to understand or accept. In hindsight, I realized that it was obvious that he would. My dad is such a family man. Okay. And he loves his family more than anything in the world. Uh, but I was I was genuinely surprised. He ended up, he was the well, person I was most afraid to talk to because I didn't think it would go well. Yeah. But he ended up being my biggest supporter, uh, especially during my first year when everybody was kind of trying to figure things out. So that was really cool. I feel guilty talking about my story because <laughs> of just how fortunate I've been. It's, it's disgusting. So when did you first find real community, community that you felt comfortable diving in and, diving in and engaging with? For me, Reddit was really big the first year. I became more and more active with answering questions that people post, posting questions myself, sharing kind of my journey along the way. So I felt pretty comfortable there, but eventually I moved to Instagram. But I would say, honestly, the, the first time I felt like a community sense was the transvengers on Instagram. The, uh, the hashtag and just being able to see everybody's background and story, that was, that was really big for me. Uh, and being able to share that with other people, that was the first time I felt like an actual community. Was that before you had formed the show? Yeah, so okay. the Transvengers was started by Mika, actually, mm -hmm. via hashtag, uh, at least the hashtag for Instagram where people started posting to. That was a couple years back, and then about a year or two later is when I, I started the Transvengers Discord, and then we started uh, 
originally was called LGBT Thursday, LGBT, you know, LGBT Thursdays, mm-hmm. and eventually uh, turned into the Transvenger show. Did you have any designs on that, or did the fact that it became the the Transvengers after you had started it uh, was that just kind of a coincidental thing? The Discord was all me. I loved the Transvengers Instagram community, and I wanted a place for people because for me, like if I post a picture, I have. 30,000 followers or something on there. Not that I I post anymore. But when I post a picture, I get hundreds of messages sometimes of people supporting me and making me feel good. But then on the flip side, somebody who doesn't have a lot of followers, they don't get that same support. They might not get any comments on there, anybody kind of supporting them. So I wanted to create a platform for people to kind of grow in the transvenders name and just create a platform for people to be able to talk. Um, whether they have 30,000 followers, 100,000 followers, or 10 followers. So did that Discord predate the show then? It did, yeah. Oh, so wow. that was uh, kind of separate from from the show in general. Uh, but the Transvengers show, it was a team effort. It was myself, Mika, Michaela Ville, Victoria Maximus, and Maiden Ariana. The four of us kind of started this Q&A show, and we wanted to actually create a channel for it. And I honestly wasn't for Transvengers myself, but I kind of got outvoted for that. But I, I think it, it it works. What what was it that led you onto Twitch and you know made what eventually would become the Transvengers show, the Q and A show? I've always loved video games. It's kind of what I do in my free time. Mm-hmm. I used to play Destiny every single night with a group of friends. This was before I thought of the Discord and started Discord. But I really wanted a new way to like communicate and meet people and talk to people that didn't have a crazy amount of followers, basically, and just just kind of be able to get to know other people. So that's why I started uh, Twitch. It was about a year and some some change ago now, mm-hmm. uh, and I I just fell in love with the platform. I know, like I said, I know it was you and Victoria that started doing a show. What was that spark? I so my thing is I've, I've I wanted to help the community in a different way than just posting pictures on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first it was the Discord that helped. And then I wanted to just kind of have a a show where people could get to know me a little bit better, ask me questions. And and my goal was originally to have like guests on, like what you're doing here, which is awesome. And just kind of have something, something that people can just watch, they can respond to, we can answer questions on, like a community effort. Yeah. And that's kind of when that started as LGB Thursdays. It was Victoria's name. When you were going through your transition, you know, in those early Reddit days, did you have a particular uh, role model or confidant? There was somebody I used to follow uh, before I'd come out. That was kind of a big inspiration for me. In fact, there's there's somebody else, too, who now follows me on Instagram, which is really cool. But somebody I used to follow for a couple, like a couple years before I'd come out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember either of their names. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I really didn't have a confidant or any anything. Mm-hmm. I, I keep things to myself more than I should. What role has therapy played in your transition? Did, was that something that you needed to be able to come to grips with it, especially in terms of, you know, the fact that you had this new family? Yeah, it, it's something I should have looked into more, especially before uh, I come. I was kind of at my breaking point. But I, I've never been big on therapy myself as much as I, I promote it to everybody else. <laughs> Just a hypocrite there. But I did go to therapy with uh, my mom, uh, like I mentioned. Yeah. And it was really good for just helping us communicate a, a bit more openly than we were. After you came out to the various aspects, into the various as- aspects of your life, 
what other fears did you struggle with in your transition and how did you overcome those? I mean, my biggest fear was just not being accepted and not having uh, anyone in my life and losing my son. And I, I can't even say it was a lot of me overcoming anything. It was more just the people around me being as accepting as they are. Did you have any trepidation about starting HRT? Yes, actually. Kind of going along with the horror stories I, I heard on Reddit. I also heard horror stories with HRT, and I kind of assumed that those were the the norm and not the exception. And yeah. I was definitely really, I was really nervous about about starting it. I I think it's not for everybody, and I think uh, I've gotten to know so many people now that aren't on HRT and they prefer it that way. Uh, and then uh, there's some people that also can't do that. But it, for me, it doesn't make you any less valid if you don't. And how has it gone for you being on HRT? Has it been pretty smooth or were there, were there hiccups? It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, again, really, really grateful for, for everything. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of changes happen early on, uh, even to the point where looking at photos, uh, I hit a certain point where I swear, like things were just unrecognizable hmm. between my, my old self and my current self. I don't know when that happened, but. I did have a lot of really uh, positive changes from HRT. How long did it take you to grow your hair out, hair out to a length that you were happy with? Still working on it. Oh, no. God. Um, no, we... I actually just cut it all off a year ago, and this is, this is what's left. But it took about two years, I'd say. Uh, I think it was around two years where my length was around this length before mm -hmm. I chopped it all off and started over. Did you start out with wigs? I did, actually. Uh, they were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it it was definitely gender affirming when I was wearing one. Okay. But when my hair was finally long enough that I felt comfortable not wearing one, it was it was amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely did wigs and they were interesting. And there's a lot of other girls in the community, you know, lots of here in the, the chat that use wigs and it's like, your hair looks so damn good though. Like that was not what the wigs I had look like at all. No, mine were horrible. In <laughs> fact, the uh one of my looks includes a beanie, <laughs> mm -hmm. and part of the reason why I even had that beanie was because it 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 hid the uh, the wig uh, the wig line, uh -huh. so it looked more natural. <laughs> I, I think some people can definitely rock wigs a lot better than I can. That's for sure. So, I mean, I don't take care of my own hair as much as I should, so I definitely didn't take care of a wig. So uh -huh. it just they had like one nice use, and then after that, it was just a ratty mess. What has been the reception of identifying as a binary female while being labeled as a transgender female? For me, it's not really come up. And if anything, uh, if somebody finds like my incident for me, so I, I'm an, a district manager, area manager of a lot of locations, a lot of stores. Uh, and per year, I probably meet somewhere between 75 to 100 new employees. And it's just for me, it's not something that comes up. And if somebody finds my Instagram, they'll either not say anything or they'll bring it up to me in private, just saying, oh, like, I, I saw your Instagram, like, I had no idea, like, that's really cool. Hmm. So I've been really fortunate in that regard, and I've not really had uh, any kind of issues. That's going to feel pretty damn affirming, right? When people are like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize you were trans, right? It's the best feeling, honestly. Um, but honestly, it's more like a, a don't ask, don't tell. Like, nobody, it's, it doesn't really affect anything. You stated that having people look up to you became a challenge. What have you learned about yourself through encountering that and taking time away from the spotlight of streaming? Since the beginning of my transition, I've always relied on other people 
to validate me. And this past year of not being on social media or really anywhere <laughs> publicly mm-hmm. is that I've learned that I, I, I can validate myself. What are some of the, the key aspects of your life and what you do kind of on a daily basis that are that make you feel valid as a woman? Honestly, for me, it's become a, less of what I do. Um, that makes me feel valid. Hmm. In the beginning of my transition, kind of going along with what we were just talking about, I want it to be extremely feminine. I want it to be into dresses and makeup. And, and I, for the most part, I, I kind of am into makeup. But this past year, especially with COVID, I, I haven't done my makeup very much. I haven't really <laughs> needed to wearing a mask. And it, for me, that's that's probably even more validating because I used to do my make. I used to get up every morning early, do my makeup before I, I went anywhere and just being able to get up, not have to do that and still feel good about myself is probably the most validating thing. Uh, And really with everything, just I've become much more of like a tomboy than anything else uh, as my transition went along. Uh, I I love my hoodies. I'm not very girly and I've kind of accepted that. And for me, that's 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 incredibly validating of any of the the more kind of physical aspects or, or kind of harder things hormones surgeries or other things you've done in areas what what has been the single most gender affirming for you i haven't had any surgeries or anything myself if anything i would just say getting on hormones and then just the subtle changes Mm -hmm. were probably the most at least from an external perspective now that you're so far along and you're kind of so assured in yourself are there things that still cause you dysphoria and what are some of those things if there are yeah, I I'm a firm believer that as as crappy as this this can be to say that if you have dysphoria, it's something you're always gonna have. But I think it's 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 everybody experiences some kind of body dysphoria in that regard, whether they're trans or not. And for me, at least, I'm, I'm extremely confident in myself. But certain things like my chin, sometimes, sometimes my voice, uh, stuff like that, can cause me dysphoria. But it's not it's not it's not keeping me from doing anything or, or putting me down like it used to. I got a big softball question for you. How do you feel that transitioning has affected your mental health? Honestly, before transitioning, I was incredibly depressed. <laughs> and I I feel like I've always been a positive person, but kind of nearing the end of uh, my old life, if you want to call it that, I became a lot more pessimistic. I And really, for the most part, I didn't see, I couldn't see past tomorrow where I've kind of regained some of my my uh, childhood optimism and positivity yeah. over the years. No, I have I have heard of that in some of the interviews of people that kind of regain that ability to finally look to the future again, where it was just there wasn't a future for them in, in their mind. There was nothing for them to dream about. So that's yeah, kind of I remember as early as like 15 years old before I even thought of transitioning, I felt that way. Hmm. It's it wasn't in a in a self-hatred way or anything like that it was more just i didn't see myself a year from then or a couple years from then or whenever i I'd get so much anxiety when somebody asked me like my five-year plan um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back in high school and, and it had nothing to do with transitioning it's just i couldn't see that and now i do are there ways in which your uh, the transition has lived up to your expectations or ways that it's not met them I, this sounds so crappy to say, but I honestly, my transition has surpassed anything I thought was possible. 
uh-huh. before I, I I've just been incredibly blessed, fortunate with with my whole experience. Why would personally. you say that's a crappy thing to say? That's wonderful. It's a crappy thing to say because of how many people don't experience that. I hope everybody knows I don't take it for granted. What advice do you have for young or closeted trans people out there? For me, kind of going along with my first year of transitioning, I think it could have gone two different ways. I could have been really upset and depressed that things weren't progressing as they were. Or uh, the way I handled it was I really I, I didn't take anything for granted. Every positive change, even most of the time, I swear it was just a placebo where uh, I, I noticed some growth in places that I wanted growth or I would notice like really subtle things. Uh, I swear every single day for that first year. And those are the I, I, I looked at the victories more than I looked at anything else. Uh, and I, I think that's super important during the first year. It's just like if you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine <laughs> and just just don't don't spend too much time in uh, the darkness. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.